0: This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. I don't know about all of you, but I can't look at my LinkedIn or Twitter feed recently without seeing something about iOS 14 and how it's going to change the e-com landscape. And while that update is getting a ton of attention, there's actually another one that's just on the horizon iOS 15 has been announced, and it's likely going to impact your email marketing tactics and strategies. That's why I'm super excited to have today's guests on the show. Today, we're talking to Adam Kitchen, CEO of Magnet Monster, and we're gonna be talking about iOS 15, the future of email marketing, and go
1: over some strategies that you can try. Welcome to the show, Adam. Pleasure, happy to be here, and excited to talk about everything email and e-commerce related. Super excited to have
0: you. And before we get too deep into some of the main topics of today, I was hoping that you could give our listeners maybe just a quick summary of Magnet Monster and what you're up to.
1: In a nutshell, the best email marketing agency in the world for e-commerce brands. Now, but In all seriousness, I think we're trying to do things a lot differently. We are an email marketing agency for e-commerce brands, direct to consumer. Um, but we're trying to really focus on experiential email marketing. And what that basically means is email that goes beyond revenue generation, hacks, gimmicks and tricks and actually enriches the customer experience and adds value every step of the way. So we're focused on a lot of proactive data collection, um, delivering value based on that data enrichment of the profiles, a conversational approach to the recipients, and making email an engagement channel and interaction, which we think it should be used for and everyone should be using it for, and it's a huge missed opportunity because they're just speaking one way to the customers and not two way with them.
0: I love that approach, the customer experience, the engagement side of it. Way too often we hear hacks and gimmicks. I feel like every single article I read on email marketing is like the one quick hack you can do to make this amount of money. So we'll get into some of those strategies um, as we go through the episode. But I was hoping we could actually start with iOS fifteen. Like I said, my social is just blowing up with everyone talking about iOS fourteen and how it's going to change the e-commerce landscape. And, I don't think people are actually paying as close attention to this next one that's coming up and what it means to them. Do you mind just giving our listeners kind of like a quick rundown of what changes are happening with 15?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's um, pretty straightforward, to be honest, in layman's terms. The ability to track open rates will go away and invisible tracking pixels, which are inserted into emails. So essentially, um, a lot of email strategy is derived from monitoring the engagement level of people, whether it's opened an email in the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. And whilst this is not a perfect way to um, segment your audience, it's actually a very basic way of um, sending to them. A lot of tactics are derived from um, this type of segmentation. So for example, if someone doesn't open an email, a lot of people will then go in and bombard them with resends because they think the more frequently that they harass somebody that they'll somehow be convinced to take action. Um, so it's not just this that has big implications for, obviously, a lot of email platforms are tracking attribution based on email opens within a time frame as well. So in, for example, Clavio, which is probably the most common one, right? They have a five-day attribution window for people who open emails, um, which I think is fine. Like At the end of the day, I think we're at that point where everybody realizes like, all the platforms work harmoniously together. So even if they click a Facebook ad two days after and interacted with an email, email still contributed and vice versa. However, obviously that will be more difficult to track. Um, Nobody knows exactly how it will turn out yet, but assuming that you won't be able to see an email open rate or 100% email open rates happen because Apple will preload all the images in the emails then it's going to make attribution uh, very difficult. So essentially, I think what this means for email marketers and brands in general, they're going to have attribution problems. um, And I think a lot of marketers will struggle then to show the value. And also we're going to have issues segmenting the list and targeting people as well, um, which definitely will have implications for everyone because Um, deliverability which is heavily weighted to send into engaged users will be adversely affected by this so if you have no indication of who's opening your emails and engaging with them you're highly likely to be categorized as spam and a bad sender if you keep sending to those people so we're going to have to develop new strategies to segment people based on engagement and there will be some elements of intuition i think based on things like active on site uh, time somebody signs up, and there's also going to be a value issue for marketers. Like, what value do I provide to this brand if I can't show like a twenty percent or fifty percent off coupon in this email uh, was attributed to the to the revenue it delivered. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. And I think, um, as I said to you before the call, there will be a lot of people who struggle to deal with this. But I think at the same time, Apple have given. A great opportunity to the people who are really focused on the customer experience and want to do things the right way. There's a clear path to, to victory, in my opinion, and to stand out. I like that. There's two concerns here there's the strategy side of it. When I don't
0: know the opens, I like, again, segmentation, like some of the emails that I send are no longer, I'm no longer able to do them. But the spam thing is an interesting one that I hadn't thought about. A lot of people use that open rate to be like, hey, this is, I like, do more of this type of email. But like if you're shooting and you don't know, if you have a bad email strategy, maybe after like a week or two of that bad email strategy, all of a sudden you're in everyone's spam folder and you'd have kind of no idea about it. How concerned do you think brands should be about that? Like who should be more concerned? Should the brand be more concerned about this or should like the email marketer be more concerned about this? Is the strategy going to be more impacted or is it the attribution that's going to be more impacted?
1: Brands should be concerned with who has control of their email channel and obviously marketing in general and what value they provide to the audience. And I think a lot of marketers were able to bypass the value conversation before because they had a generous attribution window and they were obviously using like heavy discounting to then show that perceived value to the brand, Um, whereas now it will be more difficult to track. So the metrics, not just to gauge performance, but also a lot of brand owners will start to look at the email marketing practice and go on a holistic level, what value does this email give to my audience? Because it's just going to be very, very hard to track the the performance on an email by email basis, or it's going to be harder. So I think there'll be more of a holistic element where people look at how they're using email as a channel. And a lot of email marketers just use email solely to harass, chase, and bombard their audience relentlessly. And that's going to have to change. So I think that there'll be a lot more scrutiny on what people are doing, like how it adds value to the audience, which is a positive thing. And I think marketers are going to feel a lot of pressure who treated emails solely as a sales channel. And again, it goes back to my original points. That's why we've tried to move away from this, because there's so much value you can give to your audience on email beyond just trying to sell to them. Yeah. Treating email as an engagement
0: channel and not just a sales channel. And I think you're right. I think that all the brands that are using email marketing as like a, hey, reminder, here's a, here's a discount or, hey, reminder, like new product offering, like that's the only time they're engaging with their customers. I think they're going to struggle more than others, like you said. And with these changes on the horizon, like what do you think brands should be doing to prepare for this change?
1: This is a very difficult question, actually, because I think if you've been doing things wrong for so long, you've got bad habits ingrained into you and it's more difficult to unlearn things. Whereas if you've been doing the right thing all along, you're probably not as worried about this, although it's still going to present challenges. I think the brands that are doing really bad things now, and when I say bad, I mean harassing the audience, like chasing them with relentless offers, they're going to have to just basically pivot the strategy and go to more of a value-led content approach. Um, And that will start, in my opinion, through like top of the funnel. So I've seen a lot of discussion on on LinkedIn um, about like collecting that data upfront from people about their intention, like what are their goals when they're shopping. So rather than giving people a generic 10% off coupon, which is fine to incentivize the sign-up, I think brands will have to learn more from the beginning, like, how do I want to segment this person? So, on a very rudimentary level, let's say you're selling supplements and someone comes to the website for the first time, rather than then just giving them the 10% off and encouraging them to sign up, you should probably like put some efforts into finding out what is their goal. Like, are they trying to lose fat, build muscle, increase performance? And that will at least give you some context into who this person is. And what their goals are. So then, when you do start to send an emails, it's at least a little bit more relevant rather than guessing, which is, you know, which a lot of us basically do. Um, and it's more difficult for like broad stores that offer loads of different products and have different categories of customers. So I think start at the top of the funnel because that's your best chance to collect data on the customer. And then you can segment them dynamically straight away into email. And then you know already you've got at least one single data point that you can email people with relevancy i think we're going to see a lot of emphasis now on click-through rate Um, because people won't be able to segment by opens i think you will see a lot of bad marketers try to use clickbaity type links Um, and this is going to again backfire on them i think that people looking for shortcuts will do this Um, But the good brands will be forced to produce really good content assets on the websites that actually gets people to want to click on them and then consume the content. Um, But ultimately, start at the top of the funnel, collect more data on the customer so you have a contextual understanding of who they are. Email design will change, I think, to be more click-through based, um, whereas it wasn't like mandatory before. And ultimately, like, I think it will go back to becoming more of an engagement channel, so trying to generate a response, start conversations, and then also content distribution. So based on those insights that you've collected at the top of the funnel, you're then going to want to serve the customer with campaigns that add value to them based on that data. So big, big changes um, across the board. I think the overriding message is now it's time to look at the customer experience, create content and value based around what they've proactively told you and nurture those relationships. Constantly look to enrich that customer experience and stop speaking down to them and start speaking with them.
0: I think it's really interesting when you say we're going to see more people focus on the click-through rate. In my head, I'm just imagining that type of email marketer that's like really concerned with Oh, like let's get the highest open rate we possibly can. And they use those clickbaity subject lines to get that open rate. And now we're just like pushing that type of marketer like one step further with a clickbaity like link into the actual site. Yeah. But I think you're right with with the overall trend. And you talked a lot at the beginning there about getting the information about the customer up front so that we can have a better experience through email. Do you have any tips? for our listeners on like how to get that information up front so that you can be a little bit more targeted, a little bit more tailored with your communication?
1: Yeah, I think um, ultimately it just goes down to a very, very basic level. When you go in with the pop-up, which is how people collect leads right at the first interaction, just go and ask for another data point. Um, I'm sure everyone's seen um, Jonathan Cole on LinkedIn. Like He's heavily influenced my full process on this, on using the signups to capture more data points so now basically for all our clients rather than just offering like a discount percentage off the first order to try and incentivize that we're at least asking like a very very basic question like why are you shopping with us today like what's your main goal Um, and again just to go back to the supplement example whether it's build muscle lose fat increase performance that gives you some context into who the person is so collecting that data up front is just going to be absolutely crucial and the more data that you can collect upfront, the better. And then immediately post-purchase as well, like you're going to want some context into how that customer's experience has been, whether they got the desired result from the product, because these are your top opportunities to collect data on the customer. The response will never be as high as the first interaction as the brand. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is to get them to proactively share those insights because I've sent campaigns doing progressive profiling to people who have been on the list you know for a year and the reality is like you're looking at a three to five percent response at best maybe ten percent if you like get ex- exceptional results but that's one in ten people sharing information about themselves as opposed to you know pretty much 90 to 100 percent from the first touch point so start as you mean to go on that's my uh, key message
0: it's a good message and asking for that upfront, it's Again, it's just, it's so smart. And you use the supplement example there. I was talking to a jewelry brand a few weeks ago and they were asking, hey, is this a purchase for you or is it a gift? And just even knowing that information now, like you can completely change your email strategy based on this person's buying jewelry for themselves or they're buying gifts.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll give you a great example, actually, whilst we're on the jewelry point. Um, I'm going back to my conversation with um, John of the other day. We were progressively profiling customers for a jewelry brand we recently worked with to find out the anniversary dates when they first met, their wedding dates, and also personal birthdays. And we were triggering like date-based metric flows based off those dates to obviously try and, you know, stay top of mind, come to those times that we can go in with a personalized service with the jewelry So basically, we're trying to collect that information up front now rather than doing it once the customer's been acquired from the first purchase. We're just trying to be a bit more proactive in finding out more about them and then collecting the the data up front rather than like chasing them once we've got them in the back end because... You're never going to get the same response once you've acquired someone like you, you should start, in my opinion, straight from the get go.
0: Yeah. How you start the relationship is super important and like not just email, but almost every e-commerce marketing tactic. So like 100% agree there. And when you're asking for this information up front, are you seeing the brands that you work with? Are they comboing that with a discount for the first purchase? Are you seeing brands that are completely getting rid of that discount on the first ask? And is that hurting them?
1: Uh, ultimately the people that we're working with are still using a discount off the first purchase. I don't think there's anything massively wrong with a, a discount off the first purchase, even though it's pretty lame, let's be honest, like everyone uses it. Um, ultimately we've done a, a ton of testing and it does convert best So I don't mind using it as like a a, a hook to get more data off people. I think the most important thing is the 10% off doesn't matter too much. It's about the expectation of when someone gives you their data, they expect you to use it in a way that benefits them. So I think, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) If you are going to collect these insights and personal information from someone, then you owe it to them to do something that benefits the customer experience. Yeah. And comboing it with asking some of
0: those basic questions, like the 10% off, it becomes the, hey, this is the reason for giving us this added information. And once you have that added information, you're going to make the experience that they have so much better.
1: Yeah, I agree. Is there
0: an email tactic that you see a ton of brands using out there that you think is completely overrated? (laughs) A
1: lot. (laughs) Fake scarcity, just basically trying to trick people into buying stuff. Uh, with countdown timers and stuff like that i'm not saying they they don't work at all i think there's an element though that you need to look beyond instant gratification i think that the brands that are going to win in the next few years or even in the next few months will delay instant gratification and focus on like more mature relationships that serve the customers which basically ties into the whole conversation so email tactics that i'm not a fan of like overdoing the scarcity and and countdowns on coupons, especially like once people have been acquired, I think it just gets a bit too much and people can see through it. Resend to people who don't open the email. Like I didn't open your first email. Why would I want to open it when you send me with a different headline? (laughs) It's very overrated. I think A-B testing headlines. And I know like I'll catch a bit of flack for this because I'm not trying to downplay a scientific approach to email. But the brand and the person who's sending the email is way more important than A B testing a headline because you can trick someone once into opening something, but very seldom can you get someone to continuously open it, open something if you're not delivering value. It's like being scammed when you go away on holiday or, or vacation, as you guys call it. It'll happen once, but very rarely does it do you walk straight into the same problem again. So Ultimately, it's about building trust with the subscribers and then conditioning them to want to engage with your emails. That's the only way to really win long-term. So resends on the way out, especially now it's going to be difficult to see whether someone opens an email. Like has your resend to someone who you didn't know opened? Like it could backfire massively if you try and guess. Um, fake scarcity, like incessant reliance on discount codes. Um not necessarily on the way out, but will become less and less effective in my opinion.
0: Scarcity and discount codes, I feel like those get comboed together in a lot of the email marketing that I receive for the next two hours, 20% off, or, hey, only 10 of these left in stock, come get them right now. And you're right, I think they like they work because it plays on the psychological principles of just people's behavior. So they are gonna work once, but again, no one's going to buy into that every single time. You might run it once, It's super effective. Then you're going to run it again. It's not going to be as effective. You're going to do it again. It's going to be even less effective. And you talked a lot there about the more mature relationship with email. So you talked like that was what's overrated. You're saying that we need to establish a more mature relationship with our customer via email. Is there anything in that realm that you think is super effective that brands should be picking up on?
1: I think, again, it goes back to the beginning. Like You need to show a deep desire to understand the customer and then serve them content based on that and actually was writing about this earlier today ultimately you want to tie it back to value creation and what i mean by that is like it's a deep commitment to serve your audience so using uh, my own company as an example like my content marketing strategy is just to answer the questions that my audience give me so what's the best abandoned cost strategy like how do i improve my deliverability What's a good open rate? What's a good click-through rate? Like, how do I gouge the spam folder? All I do in my own content marketing strategy, and I know it's B2B, but it's still applicable to e-commerce, is I just answer these questions and just disseminate them across like all channels. And I think that's being lost on people. They don't realize that email is still a content distribution channel as well. So not only is it just for like giving people offers all the time. You can also distribute content and share these type of insights that the customers are proactively looking for answers to and not enough people do that. So a mature relationship, in my opinion, it's focused on two ways. it's how you can serve the customer. And that all starts with a deep desire to find out more about them, start at the top of the funnel, proactively still try to collect insights once you've acquired someone, find out how you can serve them, just ask people and they'll give you the answer you know, send them to a type form survey, just just literally just try to get them to respond to an email and then have those conversations at scale based on the data that you acquire so that it's all always more relevant to them. Value add or providing additional value there. I think that's
0: that's definitely the key because I have way too many conversations where talking about using email to distribute content and I'm, I'm met more than I think I should be with, well, our customers just don't care about that like, my response is they absolutely care about this. They're buying your product to do something. Your supplement example. I'm buying supplements to gain muscle, to lose fat, to be more healthy. Like, they're doing this for a reason. They're not just here to, to buy a product.
1: Yeah. And I can give you some example. Like, obviously, the brands that we've worked with, we disseminate content over email. We Whether it's a blog post, a tutorial video or something. And it, it never fails to amaze me. Sometimes, in fact, most of the time. The revenue is exactly the same as if you send an offer out to the list. So not only are you preserving your margin, lowering your unsubscribe and spam rates, just as many people are buying anyway, because and you've added value. So I think people underestimate what their audience wants to hear from them, and they've just been conditioned to looking at email through one lens. And unless they try, they'll never know ultimately. And when you're talking about disseminating
0: content through email, like, is there a brand that you think is is doing really well with that, with using email as a content distribution strategy? Because because you're right. like I, I see a ton of brands where they send a blog post out and the blog post email is generating just as much revenue as like, hey, 15% off for today.
1: Honestly, to be honest, Alex, not many. Um, I think we're trying to do things differently with the brands we're working with, but I know Death Wish Coffee. I think they used to do a great newsletter. Like they promoted the podcast on a Sunday. It actually, had like a cult following. Some of the, the people I've worked with in the past would have a dedicated newsletter on a Sunday, and it never failed to like surprise me how much higher those emails were engaged with, clicked, opens, um, and also like the, like I said, the revenue they generate is the equivalent of the ones they send midweek. We're working with a couple of clients at the moment. We're trying to do some really cool things for Spotlight Oral Care, which is an oral care brand. Um, look out for some content coming from them next month. We're working with another company called Sleep Easy, who um, do obviously sleep-related products, and we're trying to do like some really fun, engaging stuff with them. So definitely subscribe to those two from July, and I think you'll start to see some really engaging, fun content. Um, little Big Playroom as well. I know we, we've posted a lot of their designs on LinkedIn, um, sign up to their emails, like heavily value led, not focused on aggressive selling. Um, and I think that, again, this is the way to go. Um, using email as a two way communication channel, trying to lead in with value is the best way to engage your audience. And people who don't do this are just gradually going to see their techniques become less and less effective. Gradually, and I would argue
0: it's already here. Like I'm talking to a ton of brands on their email marketing strategy and they're they're basically saying like, hey, why am I not generating the same revenue that I did through my email strategy as I did six months ago, a year ago? The landscape has changed and we need we need to adapt. And I, I think the way you're approaching it is absolutely right. The one thing I hear from so many people, and I wanna get your take on this is, yeah, like I know I need to be introducing content or like value add and not just being salesy in my email, but I don't have a blog or a YouTube channel. So I don't have content to share. Got any tips for, for brands like that?
1: Put efforts into making content because ultimately (laughs) that it it really is as simple as that though. That shows, in my opinion, that's a lack of commitment to serving your audience. Um, it doesn't have to be like a 10,000 words blog article, but if you have that mindset where your audience is just there to be sold to then you're never going to succeed if you're not willing to create the value then what you expect to get in return you know ultimately your your results are going to be garbage because you're not willing to put the effort in but i do understand you know at the end of the day like small brands especially there's budget constraints like this this limited resource you can start with making the emails more fun and engaging like um, we've run a couple of uh, campaigns recently where we get people to upload pictures of themselves um, to type form like as part of competitions, like share stories about themselves. And then we repurpose that content in the email. And also that's given us great content ideas like that feedback loop that we can pass to the content marketing team. So ask someone about their experience with the product, get them to submit blog posts, videos, um, ask people if they want to become brand ambassadors and create content for you. Like that always works. Play fact or fiction, like true or false about the brand over email, get people to respond to it. Like there's, there's loads of things you can do if you get creative and this is not going to cost you anything. Your customers are going to create it for you. So I would say just start to ask them, for ideas themselves and share bits about their personal lives and then repurpose that content
0: i love that i asked that as like hey what's your quick win here and you're like there is none just produce the content like it's going to help you out and like i'm a hundred percent subscribing to that as well the content people think content they think like you said ten thousand word blog posts a youtube channel content can be so many different things i love that factor fiction any like You could actually just create content in your email by doing quizzes, like having a newsletter of like just relevant things you're seeing around that could be helpful. Like it doesn't need to be this big involved thing, but I would argue that making it a big involved thing is the future of commerce. There's this trend of like linear commerce, like media and commerce are becoming one in the same. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to talk about there. And I think that's like actually what's happening right now. You're seeing people who have these audiences. They've already, they built a newsletter somewhere else. They built a YouTube channel and they have that content and audience. And now commerce, they're adding commerce onto that side. And I feel like a lot of e brands, if they're not doing the same thing from the other side is like adding that media wing, they're going to get run over by people coming the other way.
1: 100% agree with you. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've had enough quick wins to last a lifetime. Like the time for quick wins is... Who, who wants to be the brand who looks for quick wins? It's it's um, it's something that's built on quicksand. Like legacy is built upon effort and a, a deep commitment to service of the customers. And if you don't have that within you, then I think you're in trouble and you need to find like a really strong value proposition because ultimately so many goods are commoditized these days. It's very easy to start an actual company, but to build a brand focused on community, That takes like long-term efforts and someone can't just come up and start that with no matter how much money they have in a day and then rip your product off and tear that to pieces. Like That is something that you need to do your reps and sets and accumulates over time and no one can take that away from you. So it takes a while to build, but it's very hard for someone to compete with you once you get to that level. 100%
0: agree. And the quick wins to last a lifetime. I think that we look at some of the brands that saw success like 8-10 years ago and how they did it and they had like all these kind of like arbitrage opportunities and there actually was all of these quick wins and hacks that could get you there but trying to copy the playbook of 10 years ago is a losing battle.
1: Yeah the people with the, the commitment to the community are going to win. It's, it's as simple as that and I think people who aren't willing to put that effort in um, ultimately, they they're just going to really struggle because they'll be tied to acquisition forever. Like, obviously, every business needs continuous source of acquisition, but they're going to continuously have to pay over the odds to acquire people, and that's really hard to be profitable rather than having that really strong like brand advocates and tribe who are giving you organic growth and words of mouth marketing to grow your business that way.
0: Now, if people listening are wanting to take a look at a few brands that you think are doing, they're playing the long game, they're building a community, they've really invested in that brand and engagement, and it doesn't necessarily need to be from an email side of things. Like, Is there a few brands out there that you think are doing an exceptional job of this?
1: Yeah, there is. There's there's two that really spring to mind, actually. Um, I think Snug Sofa in the UK, I was just mentioning this to Blake on the podcast that earlier, S earlier, S-N-U-G. Sofa, like they're doing a f- fantastic job with the customer experience and being very holistic, I would say, and not like massively discount based. In fact, not at all. Um, I really like what they're doing, especially considering it's a sofa company like that's even harder. It's not fast moving consumer goods and they're still br- building like really strong brands and community. The other one that really sticks out to me is called Just Strong. And that is a apparel brand for women in the UK, US. And I think the way they've built a community is just like, it's incredible. And it's like everything we've just touched on in this episode, the deep commitment to service has just been completely fulfilled and they clearly reap the benefits of that. And it's just constantly focused around service to their audience. They're not even like selling, in my opinion, in in their um, posts or content or anything that they do. They're just adding value. And then I think that, you know, they do a fantastic job growing because of
0: it. And we'll make sure that we get both those examples into the show notes so that people can check them out and maybe subscribe to their newsletter. Uh, make sure you're getting some of the emails from them to, to make sure that you're getting the full experience. Now, Adam, if I had to, to summarize what we talked about today, I think the big points are, iOS 15 is going to change email marketing, but the people who are winning email marketing had already adapted and changed based on what this is going to force other brands to do anyway. You're not gonna get the open rates anymore. That might change your strategy a bit. If you're an email marketer, you might have a little bit harder time showing the attribution, but you're gonna need to really play up the value of community and the brand presence through email to show that value. In terms of what's working right now, No quick hacks, no quick wins. It's all about making sure you have a deep understanding of the customer, trying to get that up front so that you can tailor your email marketing strategy based on what you know about the actual customer, not just pushing a sale. Is that a good summary of kind of like the
1: TLDR of what
0: we talked about today?
1: Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, Alex, like it's very basic stuff. This is what makes me laugh. Everyone's waiting for like more and more hacks and quick wins and strategies and gimmicks. But the reality is this is just a back to basics thing it's do you care about the customer are you willing to get to know them are you willing to act upon the data that they provide to you and provide a great experience and a great product and if so you'll win like what's not to love it's a level playing field if you're committed to that process then you'll be absolutely fine nothing to worry about a hundred percent agree now adam before we let you go is there anywhere our
0: listeners can kind of follow along with you active on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, your own blog?
1: Yeah, um, follow me on LinkedIn. As you probably know, I like to bombard everyone on a daily basis. Um, (laughs) I have a newsletter, which I'm putting a huge amount of effort into getting great content out every single Thursday. Um, And then obviously on the website, marketmonster.co.uk. If you want to email me, it's adam at marketmonster.co.uk. And I'm being completely transparent with my newsletter. I'm sharing all the statistics, um, open rate, click-through rates, time on site, so you can learn what I'm doing, at least to my personal um, audience, and the results we're getting from it. And hopefully, you'll be able to pick up some good advice on it.
0: I love that. Not just the recommendations, but here's our recommendations, and here's the results that we're seeing and letting everyone in on that. Really good idea. Adam, thanks so much for joining us today. I, I learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners did too
1: pleasure mate thanks for having me appreciate it
0: that's been the exchange presented by Luke the returns platform for Shopify thanks for listening